Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Or anything. Okay. Um, I feel like we often have to tell people that in case they just like randomly start clapping. Um, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we appreciate the applause, but we don't need it. Right. Um, I will accept a round of applause, but it's not necessary. It is not necessary. <laughs> it is not necessary. <laughs> I'll record one it's just for you at the end of this. <laughs> just me clapping alone in my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that an applause is welcome, but yes, it is not necessary. Um, though I, I feel obligated to to give you an applause to welcome you to the space. Oh so God, welcome thank to you. our our Hello. lovely podcast. Oh, I'm so excited is, to be here. Thank you. Yes, um, it is a joy to have you, Morgan. I'm. I think more than most chapters that we have been in and in, in Into the Twilight um, covering Midnight Sun so far, I think these are the ones that I've been like the most excited for because uh, we are just like really fucking getting into it right now. And so I'm excited to be able to have you on and share these thoughts with us. Yeah. While I was reading um, Midnight Sun last week, I just like, I literally screeched out loud when I realized that this was the Meadow <laughs> chapter and I was just so yes. honored to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. The timing could not have worked better. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited. Um, it, for folks that have the audacity to not know who you are, Morgan, <laughs> could you, and I hate, oh I do, I hate saying this. Um, could you tell them who you are and what you do? Yeah. Hi, um, I'm Morgan Sung. I'm a culture reporter for Mashable. So I write about weed and the internet. Um, and that kind that might be kind of also encompasses like fan fiction, because I was a big part of the fan or not. I wasn't a big part of the fan fiction community. That's like really self <laughs> congratulatory. <laughs> a legend in the part, fan fiction like, community. Fan fiction was a big part of my life growing up. And I'm not as involved in it right now. But I definitely got my start in writing because of fan fiction. Oh, yeah. tell me more. Yeah, so basically as, like, a preteen teenager, like, I was just, you know, I think like many other uh, people who were way too involved with the internet growing up, um, I, <laughs> I, like, didn't really know how to interact with human beings, but I could Same. very easily interact with human beings online, so... I read a lot of YA, and then when I finished the YA novels that I was reading, I would just be like, wow, I feel empty, and I want more, and then I discovered yep. fan fiction, and that's yeah. kind of how I got involved in, like, internet culture in general. It'd be like that I sometimes. Really do. Uh, <laughs> the pipeline is real, to be honest. <laughs> it's real. Yes, that, that makes sense. I feel like even though I did not dabble in like reading fan fiction I feel like the the path from watching CW reruns <laughs> to finding forums was like a one to one connection yeah, definitely for most of my youth yeah definitely so I get that uh, one of the things that we like to do especially I mean we did this before but especially right now is check in like with how we're doing mm-hmm. um, as well as like a happy thing that has happened to us recently so how are you doing Ooh, um, you know, considering, all things considered, I think I'm doing pretty well. 
<laughs> Love but I feel like the baseline That's for that great. is way lower in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So like pre-quarantine, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm pretty bummed right now. But in quarantine, it's like, you know, today was not bad. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that completely. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, yeah, the bar right now for any sort of completion of tasks or success is incredibly low yeah so I get that um is there something happy that's happened to you recently that you want to share with the space sure um something happy I picked up my foster kittens and my new litter of foster kittens a few days ago and they're very tiny they're only three weeks old so they're kind of weaning right now and they're so I've been like vicariously living through your Instagram stories oh my god (laughs) because like they are so fucking cute it is of like it's obscene it's they're so adorable they i truly like no joke i mean they they do get me out of bed in the morning because i'm forced to because i have to feed mm. them but they're also right. really cute and that makes me happy and also they're weaning right now so they really don't like being bottle fed anymore but they still need formula so they will drink their from the bottle but also eat like this disgusting like mix of wet food and formula and while, like, eating oh. that nasty <laughs> mixture, they'll kind of make these little squeak sounds while choking it down, and it's the most adorable thing I've ever heard. Oh, it sounds like Bella when she drinks blood. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> it all comes back. Aww. That's adorable. How many kittens do you have right now? Only two. Oh. But I also have two of my own, like, adopted adult cats, and... So there are four cats in my two-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles, and, you know, I'm happy with my choices. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the best possible yeah. option that you could have right now. Yeah. Gotta have all of that happiness yeah. in there. I think that that's fantastic. Uh, Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, well, damn. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Update. I am, as of today, on testosterone. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. And that's... That's fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you... This is... <laughs> how are how are needles? Are you doing... A... I'm not doing needles. I'm not Okay, thank needles. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Okay. I literally... I was I, just so... I got so nervous. Could you. never... Could never be me. Like, I, I respect the troops, <laughs> aka the troops people, <laughs> that you inject needles. I love... I love y'all. I cannot. I can't even look at it. I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. Um, I'm doing a gel, which is basically, it, okay. like, just feels like I'm, like, rubbing hand sanitizer, like, on my shoulders. It's very strange. Um, but it's great. We're here. That's fantastic. And I don't have to stab myself. So that's a I just got, that. like, viscerally nervous. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Just like, no. please don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no. Uh, no, that's great. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love... I love yeah. that. So if you thought this uh, sexy radio voice was great now, just you wait. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. Oh, God. I can't, Yes, I'm incredibly excited to see what that transformation is going to be for you to just ultimately become the, the himbo that you have always wanted to be. It's honestly, like, it's my truth, and I just feel like I just, <laughs> I'm closer and closer than I've ever before. <laughs> Getting better and dumber every day. Absolutely. That's the goal. That's the goal. (laughs) That's all I want to be. I want to be beautiful on the outside and just a fucking smooth brain on the inside. Yeah. That's all I want. (laughs) Yeah. We're taking it back. We're reclaiming being dumb and hot. Like, that's just... That's 
all I oh that's all yeah, I want. That's true. Like, um, I that's want a dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want people to think about asking me things, but to not because they know that I'm not gonna be able right. to respond. <laughs> Please don't ever ask me anything. <laughs> no, absolutely not. How are you, dude? Oh God, I'm okay. Um, I. I mean, the world is not on fire on over in Seattle anymore, which is nice. It's just raining now, um, <laughs> which is good. I'm tired as usual because teaching middle schoolers is exhausting. But um, a light in my life has been introducing a lot of them to the joy that is Schitt's Creek. Ooh. And so this week I, I had the joy of teaching them I'm I, we're in the process of doing a writing unit right now and so I got to practice sensory details with them this week um, and so I told them about this scene of there's a mother and a son arguing about cooking and then we watched the infamous Schitt's Creek scene about folding and cheese <laughs> And uh, and then they had to expand on that sentence using sensory details, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen, uh, because they kept spamming my chat with David and folding the cheese, and it was uh, it was a light in my dark days of teaching to black screens. So, like that is proof that all of your hard work and all of your years of <laughs> was worth it. Yep. Like, this is what you were meant to do. Exactly. Yeah. This is absolutely your path. <laughs> yeah. I think that if there's, there's only one thing that I was brought here in this world to do, and it was to spread the good word of Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that I'm, I'm currently nailing it. I'm currently doing it pretty well, which yeah, is great. I'm proud of you. Yeah. That's Thank awesome. you so much. <laughs> Uh, seeing seeing so many cheese emojis in my chat was not something I expected earlier this week, but I'm happy with it, and I'm gonna stick with it, which is great. Um, I, Morgan, I'm so excited to ask you this, because I have a feeling that you are about to rock my world with this answer. Um, I, I'm so excited to hear about your journey with Twilight, and understanding more about how you first got started engaging with Twilight and how you've ended up here with us four cats getting ready to talk about Christmas with Carlisle. Oh boy. Could you enlighten <laughs> could you enlighten us a little bit on this journey that you've had with the uh problematic Stephanie Meyer, please and thank you. Oh God. Okay. Hmm. Where do I even start? So <laughs> So I think my most distinct memory of Twilight was I loved the books. I loved, like, all YA when I was 12 or 13 or 14. Mm. And I, you know, like I said, like, I kind of just was a kid who only wanted to read and didn't want to do anything else, which I later found out in life was just ADHD, hyper-focus. But... You know, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think my most prominent memory of Twilight was me and my best friend in middle school we're just obsessed with the Twilight series. We read all the books. We tore through everything. And this is right when Twilight, I think this is when the new Moon movie was coming out. And we had watched um, Twilight the movie during a sleepover. And we're like gearing up to go to New Moon. But my mom was like, oh, that's a PG-13 movie. And you guys are only like 11 or 12. So you can't see it by yourselves. So we dragged my older cousin, who was 
he was probably like 16 or 17 at the time and like a very moody teenager who didn't want to do anything but game. But I think my mom paid yeah. him to take us to the mall and watch Twilight New Moon with us. Um, and afterwards, we like went to Barnes and Nobles and bought Eclipse together. And that was like the best day of wow. sixth or seventh grade was dragging my cousin Jeremy out to see Twilight New Moon and then what you know buying eclipse <laughs> that sounds like one of those like j14 contest winner days <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> it was honestly uh, like one of the best days ever absolutely yeah. that sounds like a freaking blast yeah especially it sounds like for your cousin jeremy I mean, had to, who got like 20 bucks to just chill out and watch a movie, not realizing that he was about to get his world rocked by the cinematic brilliance that is New Moon. You know, I don't think that we told him that we were watching New Moon. We were like, hey, Jeremy, we need to, we want to see this PG-13 movie and we can't buy the tickets ourselves. So my mom will give you 20 bucks if you take us. And once we got there, we got to the counter, and he was like, wait, what movie are we watching? And I was like, New Moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jeremy. Yeah. I mean, hey, he got poor like Jeremy 20 bucks out of it. <laughs> hey, no, that's fair. That's fair. I would watch New Imagine Moon Imagine watching New Moon without any context of anything <laughs> else going on. Just that being your introduction to the Twilight Saga. Just watching a whole bunch of teenagers cry while watching Romeo and Juliet, not realizing, like, all of the backstory behind it. Right? I mean, he did have to watch us just absolutely shriek when Taylor Lautner ripped off his shirt. Um, Right, sure. You know, us and, like, the theater full of, you know, teenage girls. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, which I think was obviously a very healthy representation of masculinity. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes complete sense. So from there, mm-hmm. I mean, have you have you been a part of this Twilight fandom since then? How has this journey looked like from when you first watched this in the theaters to now? So I got to be honest, I did drift from the Twilight fandom in my high school years. <laughs> Cody, press the alarm. Press yeah, the alarm. I know. In my <laughs> high school and college years, I did, I did stray from the righteous path. but in quarantine I've watched Twilight maybe like three times I I gotta be honest and it does hold up it it's honestly better than any like a24 movie I've seen like it's it's just shot and filmed and edited like any indie movie it is too powerful that first one right it does not need so much for us (laughs) as a culture it was ahead of its time, I gotta be honest. <laughs> oh, absolutely it was. Now, I, I do need to ask the titular mm-hmm. question, Team Edward or Team Jacob? Or, better yet, someone who was not part of that binary. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I, mm, okay, as a teenager, I think I was more Team Jacob, but now I'm realizing I think I'm more Team Edward, even though they're both toxic in their own ways. Edward yeah. is slightly less toxic. So, the, I mean, the bar for these men is very, very low, but, on the you know, floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're both kind of gross and manipulative and possessive, but actually, you know what? I'm going to be Team Justin. I forget all this. <laughs> he was the only good one. Absolutely. I think that 
going outside of that Mm -hmm. as I've learned as I've gotten older has been the only option for me Mm -hmm. but yes I agree I think I have gotten a lot of shit from Cody from the past (laughs) couple years because I'm I'm less team Jacob unfortunately as I am just team Taylor yeah And that is more of the problem in which I sit at. <laughs> That's um, my truth that I have yeah, to live with. I can see my unfortunate truth. I think in the yeah. end, I'm Team Emmett because I just I love a good himbo. Right, himbo rights. Yes. You know? and just, <laughs> get me a man with a bag of a dozen eggs. <laughs> just we can't bring this up every episode. I listen. No, I can. <laughs> Not every time can we talk about this bag of liquid eggs. It's just so <laughs> sorry, haunting what? to me. Oh, no. I just uh, don't have to okay. explain the eggs. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Cody, will you do the honors? Okay, this is, first of all, this is why I'm convinced this is a Mandela Effect situation, because no one fucking remembered this shit until, like, that photo popped up and got, got popular on Twitter. So, conspiracy. True. But there's, was it in OG Twilight? It was. So, like, in the cafeteria scene, whenever you fucking see Emmett, he is just, like, chilling with a bag of 12 hard-boiled fucking <laughs> eggs. Just a Ziploc bag. Just a Ziploc bag full of eggs, just vibing. And there's a photo of him, like, like leaning against a locker, being like, hey, I'm cool yes. guy Emmett, holding a bag of eggs, and it's haunting. Oh, my God. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> it's just so I'm- vile. <laughs> I'm looking it up right well, now. Why does whoever he the prop it, the claw? I hand. don't know. Like the <laughs> yes, yeah. Whoever the like prop set costume person, I don't know whose like duty that was. Somehow had like watched Beauty and the Beast recently and was like, you know what this himbo needs is more <laughs> eggs. We need yeah. to get eggs in this man's hands. Yeah. No thoughts, just eggs. Just eggs. Just eggs. Just eggs. The smell. Oh, well, I can't. I cannot. I can't handle it. It's awful. Do you think they're filled with blood or like, maybe they're like gushers, but for vampires, you know, like blood eggs? <laughs> oh, oh my God. no. <laughs> A haunted thought. A yeah, cursed I thought. Truly wish I could unhear that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> you invited me to this sacred space. And I... <laughs> I would like to go back to a time when I had not heard the words blood eggs to go <laughs> But that is okay. In order to pretend like I'm, I'm not thinking about Emmett and his eggs anymore, I would like to talk about some of the current events that we have in our space Hell yeah. this week. We do have, we have a couple of boy corners this week. Um, <laughs> all of our boys really get some, yeah, just, some love this just week. Just all of them. Um, the first of which being our, our robber corner. Would, Cody, would you like to update us on how he is doing our little health space for him? Absolutely. He's doesn't have coronavirus anymore. Oh, thank God. The Which great. Thank God. Because we were getting a little little worried, especially since he was just out in the streets with Suki Waterhouse just smacking in the fucking park in public. <laughs> like, hello. No matter. You have a dangerous illness. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> Like, an incredibly contagious illness. I'm glad right. to hear that he seems to be fine. He's, yeah. he's okay now. Hopefully, you know, like, he does not have any residual impacts from this. And it seems like they're going to be going back to shooting soon. Um, but, like, God damn it, Robert. Can you just, like, chill? 
I do like that the exact quote is that he is doing, quote, fine, which just, just sums fine. up really, really the attitude here. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> God damn it. I just, I do want to say, um, while we are still in Robert Corner, that since our last meeting, I have watched uh, Devil All the Time, and everything Cody said was accurate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know that I, I don't like to agree with you. That is use my usual preference <laughs> on things. That's our fun um, rapport. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it sticks a lot with that like whole yes anding thing of <laughs> us like really disagreeing on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm, it was um it was not great. Now Robert was fine. Um, I found myself incredible, like, the first two minutes that he was in it, I was incredibly attracted. Sure. He did a lot of things that I found were beautiful, um, especially since no one asked him to do those, and I feel (laughs) like most people probably said, please don't do those, and he said no. But then, but then he was a really bad guy in it. (laughs) Quite a bad Quite a despicable character. (laughs) Which made it incredibly hard, because... I find him so attractive, and yet he was being an awful man, which was tough. And also, he sounded like a squeaky toy, and <laughs> that was also really hard. Uh, I cannot believe it's just so unreal. He sounded like, no, like a I squeaky toy. I refused to get a dialect coach, which, first of all, last week fucking predicted that shit. So yes, welcome. You we did. are the prophets. <laughs> but like the nerve of him to be like, no, no, no. I got I hate this. It. I got it. He sounded like he was slowly running out of batteries the whole time. Like what? I hated it. Morgan, have you seen I Devil have all the time? Not. I'm actually I, I I know this is terrible, but I'm so behind on keeping up with Robert Pattinson movies. I've kept up with that's all okay. of Kirsten Stewart's. Kirsten Stewart's that's good. Okay. None of hey, Robert Pattinson's. That's a fair trade. That's Rob's doing a lot I, right now, so you can take a break. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, he has a he's had so much happened. He will not even stop in the past year. <laughs> he refuses. He it's almost like he doesn't want to be in his own head. Um mm, interesting. Which interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, I get it. Um it's an uh, here's what I'll say. Uh you could probably just watch a compilation of his stuff on YouTube from that movie and you'd probably be fine. Um and it it'd be okay. Just a brief Brief detour into Penn Badgley <laughs> Corner. Um, Penn is a father now, um, and that's all. That's all the news that I have um, <laughs> to say. I know that I've been calling uh, Penn Daddy for a long time on the show to Cody's horror, um, especially when they edit this. Um, but they, uh, Penn is now a father um, and looks really cute in these Instagram story posts that have I been made, that. which is great. So Ooh, also speaking of Penn, um, yes, I tweeted this, but like in the last week, I um I rewatched John Tucker Must Die. Oh my god! Because yes. I'm a fan of feminism. And <laughs> Same texts, um, and I forgot that he was in that movie. Looking the way that he does in that movie with his curly ass, long ass hair. First of all, <laughs> why is Hollywood afraid of letting Penn Bagley have long hair? I think that's offensive. I think they're just limiting him. I think Joe Goldberg with long hair would be very fun. Let him free. Let him free. I think it would would be powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would venture to say too powerful. 
Yeah. For me personally, it would be a direct attack, but that's okay. I'm happy to die that way. Um, (laughs) I, fuck, I haven't, when you tweeted that, I had not thought about John Tucker Must Die in so long, and it just, like, immediately brought me back to middle school. Yeah. Just, ooh. Just uh, All-American Rejects immediately started playing, and you're playing. Oh, my, yes. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, that's great. Last piece of news here. Cody, could you take us to Ketchup Boy Corner, please and thank you? Absolutely. I <laughs> We gotta stop referring to him as Ketchup Boy out of context, because some people don't know that he has a Heinz the, ketchup Oh, that Jackson, the <laughs> Jackson Rathbone has a Heinz ketchup bottle tattooed on his leg? To scale? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to forget. I need yeah. everyone to know. It's true. No, we are, this is our, like, Martin Luther moment where we're just, like, we, like, are going down and, like, telling everyone, being like, you have to know. You have to know that this is true. Like, this is... It's just let unreal forget this. that he is an actual actor who yeah. has a Heinz ketchup bottle tattooed on himself. Right. What For what? For what? How do you get jobs? Yeah. And I mean, I'm not one of those, like, boomers who's like, you can't have tattoos, you'll never get jobs. But he has a Heinz ketchup bottle tattooed on himself. Honestly, yeah, all the it, more reason to hire him. That's fair. <laughs> it is. It does make him, like, really eccentric, so. It's true. It is a fun quirk. But uh, our boy, Jackson Rathbone, is in a movie. A movie? A picture? A, a, a moving picture. As a leading man. This never Holy happens. This, <laughs> this never happens. Um, this is also a, a brief Chicago corner, I guess, because it's called Dreaming Grand Avenue, and it is a movie sort of set just in our drain system, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a, like a love thing, but also like a dream thing. And like, they're like, oh, there's a lot of stuff going on and they're like traveling and it seems fun. So if you're in Chicago, it's playing at the drive-in, I think. And I don't think anywhere else. So And nowhere else. So <laughs> there's your very hyper-specific recommendation. It's so interesting to see him in a leading role for mm-hmm. once, because I'm so used to him being just like in one-offs on Criminal Minds. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see the kind of work that he can do having more lines and things. Yeah. Absolutely. So good on him. All the more excited. The last thing that we have before we get into our chapters for this week is an incredibly haunting piece of news that was sent to us um, <laughs> through email. Um, and I've, I've linked it in our show notes here so that we can all look at this together. And this is an email from our one of our listeners named Alexa who said, I've stumbled upon this treasure of a blog post from National Geographic that was posted in December 2011. It made me cry laugh and I knew I had to share it with you. The blog post focuses on what real-life folklore has to say about the possibility of vampire-human hybrid babies and whether Breaking Dawn Part 1 measures up. The author of this blog post interviewed a professor from the University of Oregon, nope, University of Arizona, who has taught courses on vampires and werewolves. Um, and then they, and then she has listed a few of her favorite quotes. We don't often look at actual science in this right. space. <laughs> Not a lot of crossover, to be honest. No. And, and before this, I wouldn't have said that there's a lot of crossover between national, like, between Nat Geo and Twilight. However, uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is a whole ass article in Nat Geo specifically about like, okay, y'all have been emailing us so much about this. (laughs) We got to do something with it. The people are clamoring for it. Yes. This is haunting to me. 
that someone had someone who's an actual scientist had to be like, well, okay, I guess. Mainly one of the like one of the quotes that was noticeable to them was quote in folklore, vampires don't shape shift into bats. More often, they disguise themselves as pumpkins. Uh, so, if that's not spooky season, I don't know what is. <laughs> I think just before we dive into this to get your initial thoughts, Morgan, how did you feel about Breaking Down Part 1 and the whole ass, like, transformation (laughs) birthing scene? Um, well, I think at first I was horrified. Um. Sure. As a very repressed, very religious child who knew nothing about how sex and childbirth worked. So I was kind of just like, oh my god, that's what happens when you have sex even after marriage. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I think I was, okay, so I was even more horrified, and I hate, to, I hate that I know this, but I was more horrified thinking about, like, how vampires would, like, I don't know, like, how vampires would not only have sex, but, like, come in a, in a human woman. It turns out yeah. Stephanie Mayer already answered this, and I hate <laughs> that I know this. I hate that I know how, like, Stephanie Meyer, like, specified how right. vampire sex works. She really laid down the blueprint, you know? Right? And I, was, we, we didn't She's need so her to do that. specific like, on the things, I don't get it. She's not thorough on so much. Like, there's so little that she actually goes into detail on, but the, th- the stuff that she does is completely unnecessary. Right. So, please, we did not. We did not need to know that. No. Like, she has this whole blog post about how, like, vampire jizz is basically their venom. And it's like, mm-hmm. did we need to no. know that, Stephanie? No. Like, couldn't you answer anything else about vampire culture? Like, did you have to answer this specifically? <laughs> She needs to answer for her crimes. I agree. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone hold her accountable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so disrespectful. Anyways, I appreciate this being sent over. It is haunting. Anything that reminds me of Breaking Down Part 1, especially CGI, Renesmee, uh, <laughs> is unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, so we have two chapters to look at this week. I, I do need to ask, Morgan, were you planning to read Midnight Sun before we got in touch? Honestly, no. Because I thought <laughs> I, I thought this, like, chapter of my life had closed and I had moved on, despite the fact that I had watched Twilight three times in quarantine, uh, once with my quarantine cell and two times on my, on my own, alone in my room. <laughs> but... I don't know, I'm actually glad that I read it, because it's kind of, like, it's just, Edward is such an emo, little, angsty, like, whiny baby man, but he's exactly my (laughs) type, and that's what troubles me. Same. It is unfortunate. Right? He's, like, such a, like, sad little skater boy, and I'm like, that's hot. (laughs) It's, it's so disrespectful. I really wish that when I read this, I was really hoping that I had grown enough as a person to be like, ugh. It's completely toxic. There's nothing about this man that's attractive. And yet, 
because it, we are in the Newtons right now and I've regressed so much <laughs> in an attempt to comfort myself, I'm like, oh, yes, yep, uh, yeah, actually everything about this is completely attractive um, and it's awful. <laughs> See, I feel um, like I hate Stephanie. at this point in my life I have matured enough to be like, you know, this is all really toxic and a really fucked up way of approaching a relationship. But it's still really attractive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Totally. Totally. <laughs> it is definitely a problem. Did you ever read uh, the Midnight Sun excerpt that came out? Absolutely. Back in... Okay. I was Great. devastated so, when she didn't end up releasing it. Yeah. It is, it is fucked that we spent so much of our time like in peak Twilight culture thinking that was never going to come out. Because she held that. Like, it was going to... She was going to hold that, like, in her fucking funeral box. What are those called? Cody, what are those called? (laughs) What are those things that you die in? Her casket? Yes, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) I do love the idea and just, like, mental picture of funeral box, though. There's a lot of fun there. That's, like, a little bit more She was going to, like, take it to her grave. And then all of a sudden she's like, "Mm, actually, uh, what if I just make some money, though? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, and especially to be able to get to where we are now, which is, like, the the meadow scene, the titular part that she, like, <laughs> dreamt about. It is wild that she was – this is the part that she, like, saw in her brain. Oh, it is so interesting. Um, <laughs> it's a way to put it. it. Yeah, I mean, it's awful, but it is uh, it is interesting, that's for sure. Um, so we have Chapter 15 here of Probability. Um I'm curious to know your thoughts on on this chapter because there are definitely some of the there are some Stephanie isms <laughs> in this chapter. There's some there are some like we get lots of references to the pomegranate seeds and things in here. Uh, but I'm curious about the two of you and your thoughts on this chapter before we kind of dig deep. Oh boy. Um, I think my first thought was just how weirdly horny it was. Was it just mm. me or when, yes. when Edward is describing Siobhan? It's just like, uh, why why go into this level of detail? The, the way that Edward thinks about Siobhan is unhinged. It is unhinged. Because, <laughs> like, first she's introduced and it's like, she's a very tall woman and that was like hot great this is great and then like immediately after he's like but she's not like masculine she's like forcibly feminine like aggressively female like right like aggressively female it's so like strange um i yes i'm i cannot wait to talk about this christmas scene with you all because it is something that knocked me off my feet. I was not <laughs> expecting this at all. Um, what I think this chapter is so interesting because it is definitely one of the like it's new, it is Edward specific, and so it's not something that we got in Twilight, specifically because in Twilight this is the part where Bella's just like zooming around her house, <laughs> just like freaking out. Um and so most of this is dedicated to Edward and Alice just like yelling percentage percentages at each other. As he's just trying to think about, like, don't, don't kill my wife. Um, I must not kill her. And it reminded me, because he keeps thinking about um, the time that he almost killed her in the 
bio classroom and then how Alice keeps thinking that like he's going to kill her in the meadow that there are the two deleted scenes that are have been going around on TikTok recently that people have like uncovered um where both of those were filmed where um Rob and Kristen filmed the actual bite that happened in bio class and then that they did like a modified version of the one in the meadow. Um, and it just reminded me cause that's, it's been going around and people have been like, yeah. um, no one's talking about this. And like they did, they did, but a decade ago, <laughs> which is interesting. I was, I don't know about your thoughts on this too, but I did find it very interesting that when Alice is going through the different scenarios that she briefly touches on what seems to happen in New Moon. And I was like, Mm. hmm, interesting that she touches on this like part when Bella is just like rolly struggling. (laughs) Um, And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Like, what are you, what are you focusing on at this point? It's like, hey, uh, I noticed that in this future, Bella's listening to a lot of, like, Elie and disassociating. Do you think you should yeah. maybe check in on her and see if she's good? I feel like reading not- this now as, like, a mostly formed human, I'm like, oh, wow, this is, like, really messed up. But reading it mm-hmm. as, like, you know, a teenager, I probably would have been like, yeah, 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 this makes sense. Yeah, this is fine. Right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I think that as as a younger person, like, in my teenage years, if I had read this, the idea of Edward pausing and being like, what do you mean I need to focus on her wishes would not have phased me. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, Edward, sorry. Um, are you, you say you love this woman, but you don't care about her feelings? What do you mean? Uh, I have to ask her what she wants and needs from me. And I have to like ask her out loud rather than assuming it. Come on! If only I could read her mind, I wouldn't have to talk to her at all. <laughs> it's it's also not I, even, like, a small decision, like, where, where are you yeah. going to eat? It's like, I can't just assume that she wants to live forever with me or die. <laughs> yeah. How dare I not be able to make that choice for her? This is so fucked up. I hate this. <sighs> My life is so I'm gonna unfair. go kick trees. Mm. I'm gonna go mm. eat a lion. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> He does eat that line in a very pitiful way. It's like very sad boy feeding hours. So it's just the equivalent. Like if he wasn't a vampire, it would just be the equivalent of him making like a depression meal Yo, instead. Literally, oh, no, that line was a depression meal. <laughs> it's just him with I don't know. Just it's not even it's not even like a microwaved quesadilla. It's just two. <laughs> Two tortillas and just like a craft single, yeah. just being like mm. rolled up, little roll ups. <laughs> <laughs> the way they describe, the way he describes eating animals versus eating humans, does make their whole lifestyle seem like a whole cycle of depression meals. That's oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> That's you're not wrong. Um, I was not expecting this little like fashion corner. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> This matchy-matchy moment. (laughs) When he's, like, talking about taking a shower and getting the forest out of his hair. Like, what? (laughs) Stephanie? What are you talking about? What's happening? So, not the detail I was expecting, but one I welcome, I guess. (laughs) I'm not mad at it. I feel like this was something that a lot of people were concerned about when they first read this, is, like, 
how do they they have to keep up these appearances so when do they when do they bathe how do they keep up their hygiene um so i mean i appreciate the putting it in here but the idea of edward just standing in front of this massive closet being like oh i don't know what to wear it's just so hard yeah. it's so annoying like fuck <laughs> off dude you're so boring <laughs> And the, the outfit he chooses in the end is so boring. It's like so a beige boring. sweater and jeans. And that's his most revealing <laughs> outfit ever. And, like, yeah. he is so shocked by the fact that this white shirt even exists. Like, he's just like, what yes. the fuck is this? And Alice is like, yeah, I don't know, it was kind of cute. Like, it looked on the model, whatever, you don't have to wear it. And he's like, I cannot believe that this is here. Like, what is this? This is not a scandalous fashion choice, Edward. It's just a shirt. It's a white shirt. It is a cotton Hanes shirt. <laughs> Edward. Relax. <laughs> if you it's have paid attention to any... Any person around you over the last hundred years, you have probably seen a cotton t-shirt. I just don't understand why he's looking at it with, like, cute, or, like, holding it with, like, it is a foreign poisonous <laughs> specimen. It is yeah. the weirdest thing. There's something just so, like, straight man about the fact that he's, like, an all-powerful immortal being, and he needs his sister to buy him clothing. For, For real. <laughs> if you had that much time on Earth... You should be able to rock every. You should be able to know all the trends. Like <laughs> you can what? Really read thoughts. You, you can't Come wear on. a t-shirt. What? Especially when he says that he's such a like vicarious reader. Read fashion, dude. <laughs> <laughs> read up, bud. Come on. I just don't understand why he's like. No, I. Sorry, gender roles are just like so fake. But also, yeah, he's a man. I, no, I can't. Uh, sorry, I I can't read fashion. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, it's my sister's role. She has to buy clothes for me, so. So, anyways, he gets to Bella's house, and he's, like, sitting in the corner with the spiders, as usual, because he's <laughs> freaking weirdo. Um, and this is, the, okay, so the Christmas scene, I, this <laughs> knocked me on my ass. I was yeah. not expecting this at all. It felt like fan fiction to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, <sighs> this feels like one of those writing exercises that, like, Stephanie was doing to like flesh stuff out and kind of see like in a little AU situation <laughs> and then just left it in the book. Yeah, decorating the tree like I, that's just so, such a like little slice of life one shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it, like we've already said before that this book is already like a little too horny <laughs> between Carlisle and Edward. Uh-huh. And now we get this one shot of the two of them celebrating Christmas together. Come on. When Edward is still a newborn and there's no one else. It's just the two of them. Hello? Hello. Also, the way that the other coven is like, oh, he's finally chosen a companion. And it's like, oh, that's his son, but also his, like, best friend, maybe? Listen. Yeah, his companion. Okay. Wink. Yeah, I got it. We got <laughs> Stephanie. Stephanie, you say you don't want us to read into this. Right. Stephanie, you can't say this is a family and then write them like this. Yeah. What do you expect from us? Yeah. Uh, so horny. Shabon keeps being like, oh, your special boy. <laughs> like, what do you want? 
I feel like because, like, Stephanie is riding off the idea that, like, oh, Carlisle is Edward's only father figure, and, like, effectively is his dad, right? So because of that, I don't have to say no homo. Like, I don't have to do that. (laughs) Little does she know, the people that read her fucking books will do that. Because that's what we want. It's so (laughs) moronic. It doesn't help that Carlisle in the movie has sexual tension with literally every character. Absolutely. And, like, in my brain, like, all the characters in the books look exactly like the characters in the movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not helpful. Um, Especially when you think, like, you think back to all those moments that Carlisle and Edward had in the movies. Like, when, when Edward is holding on to Bella's broken twig leg and he just like growls carlisle's name like that's tell me that's not sexual hello that's yeah that they haven't had a storied past as companions all right got it sure Mm. stephanie (laughs) anyways um so we get to shaban and maggie there's no liam this time interesting choice that liam is not celebrating christmas but that's fine okay um but yeah, I, I did find it very interesting, as you all were saying, the descriptions of Shabbat here are like nothing that they had ever done before. Ever. <laughs> ever. It's so out of character. I And I never, the point of it I just don't understand, because even at this point, Stephanie, hi, Stephanie, I'm talking directly <laughs> to you now. We've seen Shabbat in the movies before. There's nothing about her that isn't womanly. We got it. She's a vampire. She's also feminine. Why did you have to say, I'm going to dedicate two paragraphs to describing (laughs) how she looks? You gotta understand. She is, she looks like a woman. No, she is woman shaped. Yes. Yeah, she is woman shaped and she is just bursting (laughs) with with male auras. (laughs) It's like I got, I got it, I got it. She's a woman, I got it. But I got it. Like I get, I get it. Like <laughs> this part more than ever felt like a fan fiction. Like the way that fan fictions are just so like weirdly horny but also repressed. Like it was, it yes. was exactly like this. Totally, yeah. I think it's also too like kind of like an indirect reflection of like Edward's psyche because he's. I feel like he's just like posturing and being like. This woman is taller than me, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's giving me bad vibes, and I don't, I don't feel comfortable with it, so I'm gonna, like, but she's, she looks like a woman, so, like, don't get it twisted. Again, no homo. She could not beat me up, I swear. Like, I for sure can take her, don't even think twice. <laughs> Buddy, it's okay. You can relax. It's fine. Like, don't, it's not, relax. The idea of him being a newborn and having to posture, I think, is the is so comical to me. And it's yeah. frustrating that we didn't get more of this because I do – we get so much of this, like, older, cocky Edward who's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I can do everything because I can read minds. What I really want to get is the first time that Edward was able to read minds and he's like, sorry, what? What the fuck? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's still, like, he's just, like, ready to fight everyone. Because yeah. he was just so desperate to go to war that he's just, like, ready to pick a fight with anyone to just prove that he could go. And that those are what I wanted to see. Not just him just, like, looking a woman up and down being like, do I need to fight her? Do I need to, <laughs> hey, do I need to fight her to prove my love to you, Carlisle? Because I'll do it. Give me a Rocky training montage. 
Oh I'm my god, god, please. Becoming a vampire. Baby steps. That's what I want. Oh, there is. I, I love the idea of, like, little newborn Edward. Like, something about that just, like, feels so, like, earnest, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think that there's definitely something to that, especially because, like, he was coming, like, right off of death's door. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Just, I just want more of Carlisle and Edward. Is it too much to ask for? Yeah. That we just keep getting these little bits of it. And so I know Stephanie has it in her back pocket, but she won't do it. I want more Carlisle and Edward one-shots. Like, I want more Christmas scenes. Yes. I want them so bad. I want to see, I want it, I want it all. And she won't give it. She'll just keep talking about (laughs) Siobhan being like, hmm, it really sucks that these two are vegetarian companions. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they could come to the normal side for once. I want to read about it, like, Carlisle giving Edward like one of those like fatherly shoulder pats and being like, oh, I'm proud of you, son. And Edward being like, wow, I love my dad. I don't know why that just seems so <laughs> endearing. Yeah. For real. Maybe I'll pick up fanfic writing again. <laughs> Please. Honestly, the world needs it. (laughs) (laughs) So, chapter 16. Arguably one of the, like, we are so close. We're so close to the big moment. I was convinced that this was going to be it, and it's not, because Stephanie has no patience. Like, she's just like, do you want it? Well, you got to wait for it. (laughs) Um, I personally, and I can't believe that I did this, I forgot that these two had the audacity to match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Disgusting sh- and adorable. <laughs> they're so gross. Um, and, it, like, I get it because I also live here in the, the Pacific Northwest, and I also own brown and jeans and a white T-shirt. But, like, come on. <laughs> How did they both not look at each other and be like, well, one of us has to change, so. It's also just such a boring outfit to match. It is. Yeah. Do better. So boring. Um, I also did find it interesting that while Edward was waiting for Bella to wake up, while he was waiting for them to arrive at the trail, and also while on the trail, that he kept making himself more frustrated and sad because he was putting himself in this situation of just like, I can't believe that I have to do this, that, and I just, I, I can't believe I'm spending this day with the girl that I love and like, what if she doesn't like me, but, like, mm. And he just keeps making himself all annoyed about it and being a complete piss boy about it. Also, like, so the thing that stood out to me the most is that when I read the Bella's point of view when I was younger, I was like, yeah, this is a normal, healthy thing to do. But reading it now as, again, like a mostly formed human being, I'm just like, Bella, why are you going into the woods with this strange man who you know could kill you? How dumb could you be? Right. Like, I wouldn't even go into the woods with a non-vampire man. Yeah. Everything about this feels like the beginning of a Dateline episode. Right. Because, like, she... Edward gets upset because she's like, oh, I didn't tell anyone that we were hanging out because I thought you didn't want to be seen with me. Like, I thought this would be, like, a weird thing and he's like motherfucker no i want someone to know that you're here in case something happens like you can't just be like fuck it i'm going into the woods with a stranger who i know can eat people and will like what right exactly i mean if i were edward i'd be upset too if the woman i love was that dumb 
Right. <laughs> just had no sense of self-preservation at all. Yeah. Yeah. There's no street smarts on this gal. No. No sorry. <laughs> And yet she kept saying, like, oh, yeah, I have street smarts because I, like, grew up in Phoenix. Bella, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a phone. Yeah. Or if you do, it's not going to have service where you are. Yeah. You told no one where you are. You're with still a bona fide stranger. Yeah. Who can you're eat you. On, you don't yeah. know where you are. He can eat you. And you're on an unmarked trail with no provisions. Bella, are hey. you kidding <laughs> Do you want to die? Because it sounds like you want to die. Yeah. And Um, not in a, like, "Mm, sexy bite my neck way, but, like, in a I'm going to end up on a missing poster kind of way, Bella. Yeah. Don't end up on a true crime (laughs) podcast, Bella. Don't. You are (laughs) going to. You got to take care of yourself, Bella. (laughs) Bella's going to end up in a soft voiceover at the beginning of a podcast before a Casper mattress advertisement. (laughs) Bella, do better. (laughs) Step it up, Bella. Yeah, you never want to be the first five minutes of a Law & Order episode. You know what I mean? Honestly! Like, just don't, anything you can do to avoid that. Just do it. It's so embarrassing. And she's a Virgo. Come on! Yeah. Be better. So, oh my. <laughs> and yet here she is just, like, fumbling and, like, getting concussions over all of these, like, tripped over logs. And it's taken two hours before Edward's like, oh, yeah, fuck. I love a woman who's, like, really clumsy. I shouldn't have taken her into the middle of a forest. My bad. Oops. <laughs> but she Oops. is street smart, so it's fine. Right, right. God. They're both so bad. Yeah. They, an- <laughs> they annoy me so much. Absolutely. Especially when, like, this is already a bad situation. Bella's not properly dressed for this. She does not have any provisions. She's hiking, which she doesn't like to do. And then... Edward is, like, grilling her with questions about her traumatic childhood. <laughs> right? The, the worst-case scenario. All of it. Yeah. 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 Just think of just a like, worse date. That would be... I would write that down. Yes. <laughs> okay, like, yes. living in Southern California, I have been on way too many early dates that were hiking dates, and they're never fun, because you're sweaty, oh. and you're gross, and in Bella's case, you don't know where you are, and you could die. Right. Yeah. Bad vibes all around. Just a bad situation. For real. It sounds awful. Stephanie, as usual, leaving us, hanging us out to dry. Um, This chapter ends with Edward being like, well, I gotta take off my gap cardigan to walk (laughs) into the the sunlight. Uh, Here goes nothing. Um, And so we will see... I, I guess I would say, like, oh, I wonder what happened. Like, we know what happens. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but we will find out more details from Edward's perspective next week um, with chapters 17 and 18. Hell yeah. Which are more of the, the meadow Hell situation. Yeah. There's something so weirdly repressed, Horny, about the way he's talking about covering up and, like, exposing his skin. For it's like, real. Get yeah. off a cardigan. Get over it. <laughs> Relax. He doesn't like to show his collarbones. It's just, like, <laughs> impure. Mm. No one but his family has seen that before. Right. Yeah, of course. Ugh. Um, we have an amazing group of patrons to thank. Woo! We have a fantastic patron here, um, Kylie Minty, to thank. Thank you, Kylie, for being part of our 
we don't have a fancy name. Uh, just thanks for being here. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Shout out Elizabeth James. Pew, 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 pew. Thank you to Jess Love. Um, thank you to Alexandra Black. <laughs> Shout out Alex Dornan. Big thank you to Carrie Goldberg. Thank you to Mickey Meyer. Shout out Katie Weber. Shout out Zoe Steele. Shout out to Rebecca Cullen. Shout out Amy Taylor. Shout out Mulch Gray. Yeah, Mulch. All right, shout out to Taylor Brown. Town. Yes. Well, no, yeah, yes. our official intern. <laughs> Ooh. Shout out Kelly Beck. <laughs> Shout out Alan, Aaron Salinger. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sophia Salinger. Oh. <laughs> Shout out to Donna Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Danae Swan. And last but not least, yes. it's Casey Martini. Ooh. Uh, wow. AKA Jason Taylor. Yeah, never forget. <laughs> <laughs> the Fifty Shades uh, is greatest hero. Jason, Jason Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Allie, can I say your Foley work has just really gone through the roof recently? And it's truly impeccable. Yeah, I love it. It's truly it's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you so much. I uh, I try really hard. Yeah, uh, I do a lot shows. of vocal warm ups before yeah. we get on the call, um, and it involves a lot of me saying "ooh, big stretch" to my cat, and that's about it. <laughs> wow, I think your work does not go unnoticed. <laughs> Sometimes I do a big stretch, and you have to congratulate them. You have to. I think it's the law. I have been waiting on pins and needles oh, and bated breath. <laughs> To hear about the fan fiction that you brought to the space this week. Okay. Um, so like I mentioned before, this is this wasn't one of the first fanfics I wrote. I would say this is in the middle of my fanfiction writing career. So it's not quite abysmal, but it's also not great looking back at it. Um, I think I also so this is the first chapter of a multi-chap slice of life AU fanfic I wrote that would have taken place sometime around Eclipse um, because I was just really interested in, like, I was obsessed with that whole love triangle of Jacob and Edward and Bella and, you know, fighting for love. But I also wanted, like, did it have to have so many, like, huge stakes? Like, why were the stakes so high? Why did it have to involve, like, a treaty and just, like, all this drama? So, right, (laughs) this fanfic I wrote about a decade ago, I would say, takes place in a world where Edward is a vampire and Jacob is a werewolf, but they also all go to the same school and they have to take the SAT. (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. So this is just the first chapter. Should I read it? It's only like a page and a half long. It, It is yours. 
Okay. So usually we only limit it to like a hundred words for copyright reasons. Um, but since this <laughs> is yours, um, it, you get to make the Arthur. Yeah, that's your you guys have full permission. Like I don't think this. I don't think it counts as cap- copyright since it's no longer on the internet publicly. I don't know. We immediately get a cease and desist after this episode gets published. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Morgan says that and then takes all our fucking money. I know. <laughs> gonna bleed you fucking dry (laughs) um okay so i had tagged this au and love triangle and slice of life (laughs) okay okay let's go all right so bella swan was hunched over her book in the crowded forks high school cafeteria tyler crowley was cozying up next to her and trying to explain a problem he made a joke and leaned in even closer to bella he must have been too close because edward suddenly appeared next to them How's studying going, Edward said, leaning over Bella and Tyler. This is also, you know, in the part of the series when everyone wants to be with Bella. Um, So Tyler scooted away from Edward's cold presence. He mumbled something about being late and speed walked away. (laughs) I'm not even sure why I'm bothering with studying. You're going to turn me after we graduate anyway, Bella said to Edward. Besides, it's not fair. You get to read everyone else's thoughts and know all the answers anyway. Edward signed. It's supposed to say side, but I misspelled it. Quote, Bella, I know the answers because I've taken this stupid test like 15 times by now. At this point, it's not even about studying. It's about knowing how to take the test. I also thought I was being really, like, edgy by being like, screw standardized testing. Back to Edward. Also, who am I going to (laughs) cheat off? Tyler? His thoughts are so dull. Yeah, but why do I even need to take it? I already told Charlie, I mean my dad, that I'm not going to college, Bella said. (laughs) Edward shook his head. (laughs) You know we need to blend in with the humans. This is a human thing. Plus, sometimes you get bored of repeating high school and repeat college instead. Bella rolled her eyes. Well, if I'm going to live forever with you, I'll have all the time in the world to memorize vocabulary questions. Then Edward turned his head rapidly. He suddenly smelled wet dog coming. Jacob was on his way. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, hi, Bella, Jacob said happily. Hey, Edward, he said in a chilly way. <laughs> Jacob's eyes bore into Bella hotly. Me and the guys are going to a bonfire party this weekend. Want to come? Why would she want to hang out with a pack of dogs? Edward snarled. Edward, it's fine, Bella said calmly. Jacob, I'd love to go. Can Edward come? Jacob narrowed his eyes. Fine, but if he says anything about the rest of us, dot, dot, dot. Edward tensed up. It's not my fault you all smell like. Bella put her hand on his, on his cold shoulder. Edward, come on. Then she turned to Jacob. We'll be there, and Edward will stay quiet. Jacob smiled. He knew that this was his way in for another chance with Bella. I can't, can't wait to see you there. Bye, Bella. And then he walked, o- he walked over to the rest of, of the push group. Honestly, I don't know why you can't just get along with him, Bella said to Edward. Edward sighed dramatically and ruffled his hair into a somehow more perfect style. If only you could hear his thoughts too, you would know he just doesn't he doesn't want to just be friends with you, Edward said. Bella shook her head. Edward, I picked you in the end. Jacob and I are just friends. Well, why don't we get back to studying, Edward responded calmly. Where were you again? I can help out. I've done all of this before. But he knew that Jacob would make another move. He just didn't know when, dot, dot, dot. And then it would go into the next chapter. (laughs) Wow. 
And that's oh why I'm a goodness. writer now. <laughs> oh, the foundation. It so all important. has led to yeah. this. It makes so much sense. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. I Thank you. We don't often get actual fan fiction that people have wrote and so it is a joy <laughs> thank um, you and I appreciate you feeling comfortable to be able to share that with us because I know that it is yeah. uh it, it takes a lot of bravery so I appreciate you <laughs> doing that I appreciate the vulnerability you know? <laughs> yes <laughs> you know my my um, greatest hope is that if I'm ever um like a if I die a big name writer someone will posthumously publish an anthology of all my fan fiction and everyone would be like uh, wow oh. what a scam <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Morgan, it has been a joy to have you on the space um, this week. Where me. can folks uh, find your work and support you online? Yeah, um, you can find me writing for Mashable. My Twitter is Morgan underscore Sung, and I'm also on Instagram, but it's just Morgan Sung but without the underscore. Gotcha. Fantastic. I love it. Love it. <laughs> well, it has been an absolute joy to have you here. And as we say here in the West Coast, get bit, get wheat. <laughs> Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. Our theme music is by Eli Krauss, and our artwork is by Maddie Padilla. Follow the show on Twitter at Into the Twilight and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Into the Twilight. Send us an email or a fanfiction at intothetwilightshow at gmail.com. You can find Allie at Into Wild Places and me at Cody Curl. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.